Yeah, that recruiting board in 2024 doesn't have a whole lot of names on it for OU. In fact, what are the names on the recruiting board right now that have scholarship offers? Grant Bricks, Cameron Campbell, the recent offer. Um, I guess, I mean, Eddie Pierre-Louis is still on your board. I don't think he's coming to OU. You don't either. Any other names that we need to add to the recruiting board right now, or is it just those three in 2024 at this point? Somebody's going to text in and say Kobe Black. Somebody's going to text in and say Jordan Seaton. And in response to both of those inevitable texts, I say, yeah, I don't care. Because neither of those guys are coming to the University of Oklahoma. Yeah, and I guess I should have just said, like, uncommitted players. Like, yes, the Williams Winery, Dominic McKinley, whoever else you're trying to flip right now could technically be on the board. But in terms of uncommitted players right now, is there anyone outside of Cameron Campbell, the three-star out of the state of Florida, and Grant Bricks, the four-star out of the state of Iowa? I mean, not not really, dude. It's not really. Shit. No, we are a little more than a month away until signing day, and – the class that you have right now, for the for the most part, is going to be the class that you get on National Signing Day. So as we uh, as we look ahead to 2025, there's a crystal ball in today that was that at least made me say, oh "Huh, oh, interesting timing." A few days after the visit to OU, yeah, apparently there's an Ohio State crystal ball in for uh, in-state product Nate Roberts today. Huh. Uh, before we go any further, consider the source. Tom Loy? Is that who it was? That is who it was. Doesn't sound like you really want to consider the source all that much by the way that you, you worded that. Now, listen, I, I know Tom Loy. Tom Loy is credible. Tom Loy knows his stuff. Tom Loy also does not like giving Oklahoma the benefit of the doubt on these kinds of things. That's just the way it is. Tom Loy's a boomer doomer when it comes to recruiting. Is that I th- what you're saying? I, I would categorize Tom Loy <laughs> as a boomer doomer. I just, uh, I did not expect that. And, and I kind of expect this uh, Nate Roberts recruitment, which, what is he rated right now, is the number two player in the state of Oklahoma for 25, according to Rivals. Kind of expect this to go on into the 2024 uh, year, you know? Like, I don't think that Nate Roberts is necessarily close to dropping a commit. That's why I just, I, I found it interesting that three, four days after his visit, that Ohio State, at least one guy's dropping a crystal ball for him to end up with the Buckeyes. Huh. And, and I'm sure that Ohio State is in the mix. Who'd we say? OU, Ohio State, Penn State? Maybe the top and three. Oregon. And Oregon, yeah. yeah, for your top four. I just, again, I go back to it. Like, Nate Roberts was on the pregame show Saturday, and he, he, he blinking, you missed it, but he said, Yeah, we're building a good class. Right? I heard that he said, We <laughs> on the pregame show, we're building a class. What, el- what else caught, uh, caught your ear there with old Nate Roberts on Saturday, other than the whole we thing? Because that I is mean, pretty it's, telling, it's that. by the way. Like, it is that. Like, if his brother was playing for OU, if Jake would have ended up uh, being at OU, then, okay, like, I, I guess you can. Well, I, you know, his brother's playing there. He says, wait, like, he doesn't have any family ties on the roster right now. So if he's saying we, then it's pretty tough. He doesn't even have any teammates on the roster either. Like, there's, I'm trying to find any avenue where he can get away with saying we. There is none. There's none. I, I, I will I will decide to say that that is very telling, that Nate Roberts said that. If he goes to Ohio State, it will be like, – and it's crazy that, like, we're, we're even hypothesizing about this. But, like, if that were to happen, does it – is it more of a shock than Peyton Pierce? I would say it's more of a shock than Peyton Pierce. 
I think it would probably more of, be more of a shock than Peyton Pierce. Sure, yeah. Be one hell of a get for OU. I think we all know that. The recruiting doomer wants to know, ooh, ooh, do me. Am I still a boomer doomer? The recruiting doomer really calmed down. I know after he hasn't the, been dooming uh, lately. After, as soon as David Stone committed, that's when uh, the recruiting ro- uh, doomer really, really calmed down. He was like, all right, all right, I'm... They got that big-time interior defensive lineman. I'm done. In fact, have we had a lot of uh, boomer-doomers when it comes to recruiting lately? I don't feel like we have. When's the last time everyone was upset with a position uh, uh, coach for their recruiting or lack thereof? It's it's been a while, dude. I think you got to go back to the summer. Well, people have been upset with Bill lately because EPL is trending back towards UCF. Um. Outside of the usual. They get Grant Briggs, and that's, that's all. That's uh, exactly, all done. Exactly. Uh, again, I, I have said it many times. I will continue to say it. If you get Grant Briggs, your class is a success. I do not care who else is in it. And uh, like, if you want to talk about who else is in it, there are some pretty good players elsewhere in that offensive line class as well. Yeah. So it's not like everybody else is chopped liver, but Grant Briggs is your crown jewel. Uh, Chapstick says, does he really have a brother named Jake, as in Jake Roberts, Wild Thing, Rocket Vaughn's catcher? I think that was Jake Taylor who was uh, Wild Thing's catcher. Jake Taylor pulled down the— The Sooners uh, do have one of those. They do have a Jake Taylor on the offensive line. Yes, they do They do have that. Jake Taylor laid down the bunt to get the base hit and the game winner. KW918 says, I don't trust Tom Loy simply because his name is Tom Loy. How can you trust <laughs> a name like that? <laughs> I'm with you. I I like that a lot, KW the nine one eight. That's kind of initially what I thought too. Tom Loy, yeah, okay. Bumpy Road says new Big Twelve logo, big uh, thumbs. I guess it's a thumbs up emoji and a peace sign emoji conference. That's that's their new logo. I think the emoji needs to be two middle fingers logo as of uh, right now. After they're all changing the rules and everything. Which I guess the Big 12 is supposed to clarify at some point today the new tiebreaker rules. We haven't heard from him yet. I'm guessing it's coming out sometime today. Unless Joe Castiglione beat up Brett Yormark and he's not going to be able to speak today. That that could be the case, I guess. Yormark feels like a guy that would be pretty easy to beat up, doesn't he? Uh, glass jaw for sure. Would not take multiple punches. <laughs> One punch and he's he's down. He's out. Yeah. Plus, Josie, he's got that he's got that mafia vibe. Yeah. Right. Like he's got the mafia name too. It's like that's not a guy you want to mess. I with. I don't think Brett Yormark would actually fight. I think he turns it down quickly and then tries to hire out. He he tries to hire out who he's fighting. Like, he tries to get someone else in there instead of doing the uh, doing the dirty work himself. A listener in the 580 says flying out for Utah in the morning. Where's the hangout for the Sooners? Where are you uh, going to be Friday? Friday is uh Poplar Street Pub in downtown Salt Lake. That's the that's the hangout. Poplar Street. So it's dude, it's totally going to throw me off. I'm just used to my daily routine. 2 to 6. 2 to 6. 2 to 6. And it's 2 to 6. 1 to 5 this it's week. It's 1 to 5 this week <laughs> and I'm probably going to show up an hour late because it's just Throwing me off and stressing me out and all that. One to five is when we'll be at Poplar Street Pub on Friday. And then Saturday, we will be at Wingers after the OU-BYU game, which is like one of the only few places in town they serve alcohol. But it'll, it'll be a good time. A listener in the 405 says, have you guys seen the Mark Wayne Mullen video yes. editing Josie and yes. your market? Oh, oh I need to see gosh. this. I send me know. this. Someone send me this. Yeah, it was really well done, too, because a lot of times in those videos where – 
the faces are, you know, essentially, I know that not photoshopped in, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, It's sure. not exactly well done, but it's, okay, it's still funny, so it gets a laugh. This one, actually, I, I would <laughs> say it's pretty well done in terms of the editing. I, I was pretty impressed with it. Very impressed with it, actually. Bumpy Road says it's a middle finger and, uh, and deuces. Okay. That's the new Big 12. That's the new Big 12 logo, I guess. Which I think that that could very much qualify for it. Because they are putting out a new logo soon. They told us that last year at Media Day. A listener in the 405 did point out, and it's a, it's a good point, worth noting. It's not really boomer doomer season. That's late spring, early summer, when OU is letting recruits visit elsewhere before committing to OU. LOL. He's going to LSU! What does it mean? How are we just going to let him go to LSU? Seriously? <laughs> Every single time a recruit takes another visit subsequent to visiting Oklahoma. What does this mean for the recruitment? Speaking of LSU, they feel pretty confident on a couple of big-time prospects. Apparently, uh, Dom McKinley will be visiting LSU for one of their final two home games. Oh. E- yeah. Uh-huh. Correct. So we'll see how I, – I know we tweeted out earlier this week that he's all in on A&M and committed and all that. Okay. Have fun on that trip to LSU. Let, it, let us know how it goes. And they also feel very good for Bryce Underwood in 2025, the quarterback who's a top, what, three-player nationally. Yeah, I, I do feel like he'll end up at LSU. Um, but with McKinley, you can say all the right things for now, but what happens when your next head coach is like Cliff Kingsbury? You know? <laughs> yeah, like, then you, well, then you're out. You're still, still all in? Defensive lineman? Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go elsewhere, please. Brian Kelly can dance weirdly in uh, my recruitment video as well, but I'll still take that over uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Hey, we're at the midway point, by the way, for uh, K-Ref Recruiter of the Month. Is Kevin Sperry, quarterback at Carl Albert, still the leader at this point? I mean, he's got two of his teammates committed so far this month. I just, I think if you're a Sooner fan, you're really hoping you can hand the award to Bill Biedenboe this month. That would be nice. That's best-case scenario at this point, if Bill Biedenboe's your KREF Recruiter of the Month. But, I mean, that's all up to Grant Bricks because, you know, we, we, we did the uh, – we get to certain points where it's, okay, there's nothing new on this front. But we have to talk about this individual prospect every single day. That's where we're at with Grant Bricks. It's the daily Grant Bricks. And the daily Grant Bricks today is, uh uh-huh. <laughs> still all quiet from the state of Iowa. We'll let you know uh, when there's something to relay, but it just it doesn't sound like anything is necessarily imminent with him. I mean, the only update we could have is, is he for sure going to take that Kansas State visit or not at this point? Yeah. Now, to your, to your original question, yes, Kevin Sperry is probably the leader in the clubhouse right now for KREF Recruiter of the Month. And I hope he – well, I guess I hope that Bill Biedenboe wins it at the end of the day. But um, a high school quarterback winning KREF Recruiter of the Month, that would be the first time ever, and it would actually be uh, – it, it would be really funny as well. Oki Tom says Urban Meyer in the ampersand mix. <laughs> ampersand. Would A and M really do that? Would they really go after Urban Meyer? Uh, does he fit there? You tell me, Tyler. I would say the answer is yes. Well, he de- he definitely have, fits there. They have made a habit of contracting scumbaggery lately. When you think about the fact that in a five-year span, they hired Jimbo, they hired DJ Durkin. And they hired Bobby Petrino. So, but I think he would be. You're right, but wouldn't he be the 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 biggest one that they've hired here in program history? That's what Urban Meyer would be. 
more than Jimbo, more than DJ Durkin, and uh, some other names that you mentioned there. Wow, that'd be a new low for Texas A&M to hire Urban Meyer. And you know Twitter would have fun with that, too, because they'd go find the video of Urban at the bar with the uh Oh, the gr- grind lady. in there? Yes. Yeah? Yes. And there would be there would be some quality memes made. Urban would be at Dixie Chicken down there in College Station trying to grind <laughs> on something. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, man. I'm sure. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Yeah, a lot of crouton to get to today. We'll check in on how the top 50 players from the 2023 class have fared. A lot of OU names in there, by the way, as true freshmen. A lot of uh, OU football as well. Right here on The Ref, we're the home Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref, we are the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and yes, you, the Ref Army as well. Some of you are going to be in Salt Lake on Friday, Provo on Saturday. Can't wait to catch up with uh, several of you. Peabody, Kansas is tuned in today. Houston, Texas, Orlando, Florida, Springville, Utah, Appleton, Wisconsin, Huntsville, Alabama, and our small Oklahoma town of the day, Tecumseh, Oklahoma. Ref Army Locator is brought to you by Affordable Door Company, where they compromise on the price but not on the quality. Visit them online at affordabledoor.net. That's affordabledoor.net or 405-635-9499. Here's a tough question for you. Or at least I think it's a tough question. Maybe it's an easy one for you. Who is the MVP of this team through two games? Drake Stoops, Danny Stutzman, or Dylan Gabriel? Through two games or, or through ten? Through ten games, sorry. Two games left through ten games this season. It's Dylan Gabriel. No question about it? Do you even have to think about it? No question in my mind. I went with Dylan Gabriel as well. I, I do think you can make a case for all three players, the MVP, through through ten games. Drake is obviously the one that you've added here over the course of the past two weeks, but what he means right now to this offense, it's it's pretty easy to see, man. I mean, that's that's their that's their main target at this point, dude. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure we had this exact same conversation towards the end of the year last year, and the answer was just as obvious then. It was Eric Gray, right? Because Eric Gray was kind of what kept the gears churning for that offense, what kept them in a lot of football games, and It has been much the same with Dylan Gabriel. His arm, his legs, his leadership, that's what more than anything else has lifted Oklahoma to this 8-2 start. You know, I know he's taken some crap this year by by the fan base, but has he he exceeded expectations this year? Because the the expectations were probably for Quinn Ewers or Jalen Daniels to be first-team All-Big 12 quarterback. Jalen Daniels obviously isn't going to get it. I don't think Quinn Ewers will either. Dylan Gabriel's going to be, or at least he should be, your unanimous All-Big 12 quarterback this year. Yeah, That's, well, why, and, that's why I asked. And again, I think it depends on what your expectations for Gabriel were. Like I, I fully expected that he was going to be first-team All-Big 12. That's what I, I, I thought Gabriel was that good. I know a lot of people did not, and that's fine. And I, I just hope that some folks, i.e. Trey Dissidents, among Ooh, others, hmm. would be willing to acknowledge here that – if those were your expectations for Gabriel, and that was your perception of the type of quarterback that he is slash was, that he has exceeded them because he has played excellent football. He's fourth in the nation in QBR right now. He's got a 5-1 to one touchdown to interception ratio. 5-1. to one. And he's got your football team at 8-2. and two. Mark in Newcastle, don't shortchange Billy Bowman in the OU MVP convo. Number two has put his work in also. It's been really good this year. Billy Bowman's been really, really good 
this year. Brad from Shawnee says the two games we lost, Stutzman missed action. That That's true. I, I mean, defensively against Oklahoma State, you, you actually played pretty well. Um, good enough to, to win the game. I, I just think we saw last year what this offense looks like without Dylan Gabriel. Without Dylan Gabriel this year, it's in a much better spot with Jackson Arnold, but you're right, man. Just the overall numbers and really what he's meant to the run game, especially earlier in the year when they when they were trying to find it. Dylan Gabriel's the MVP of this team through 10 games, and he's probably going to be the MVP of this team after the year's over. I'd be surprised if that wasn't the case at this point. How many first-team All-Big 12 guys do you think Oklahoma has? Uh, Gabriel's yep. got to be one. Drake Stoops, to me, has got to be one. I would agree. Outside that, offensively, um, is Guyton your best bet on the offensive line? I might say Walter Rouse is your best Walter bet. Walter Rouse is your best bet. Okay, so what do you think? Three's a good number offensively? Call it three, maybe four. I mean, I... I even if he only has played half the season at that point, I think Caden Green might have an argument. Yeah, like with as impactful as he has been. So we'll say we'll say three. Best three on case offense, scenario, probably four. Three on offense, um, defense. Stutzman. Yep. I think Billy Bowman. Yes. Yep. Um, one of your two corners, if not both. If not, but I'll, I'll just say one. I'll say Woody Washington gets that one. So that's three. Anyone else defensively? That's that's a that's a shoe in at this point. Nobody no. on the defensive line. Ethan Downs will be in the conversation. I don't know if yeah. he's a shoe in though. So three on offense, three yeah. to four. Well, three to four on offense, three to four on on defense. So let's call it seven. Which if feels you- like if they get seven this year, that feels like that'd be the the total number from like the past three years combined on the postseason. <laughs> All Big Twelve close to for it. OU. Close to it. So yeah, they'll they'll be. I I would say that they're going to be a team that's. Maybe Texas will have more overall. It'll be probably what OU and Texas. Kansas State will have a few offensive linemen on it, but OU will be one of the more represented teams in the uh, on the Big Twelve uh, all all uh, all list right there. I, I think that'll be. I, I think that's what's going to be the case. Nine one eight. Who plays the quarterback position better? A. Dylan Gabriel in twenty twenty three or B. Jackson Ordle in twenty twenty four. So we got to predict a little bit here. Who's going to play it better? That's going to be tough uh, to judge get, because the well, schedule next year is so much more it's difficult. It's going to get tougher. It's going to get tougher in the SEC than it is in the Big 12. So, again, I th- I, I'm not going to give you an answer because I don't think that answer will be entirely clear either. Like, again, that is a very subjective comparison to make. And so I guarantee you I, – well, I almost guarantee you – by the end of the 2024 season – if you asked folks who played better, Arnold in 24 or Gabriel in 23, you would have some saying Gabriel in 23 and some saying Arnold in 2024. Um, uh, oh, yeah, this is the text. I wanted to get back to it from the 310. L.A. Sports Radio dogging Lincoln Riley. Nice. Now, saying he needs to go to either A&M or the NFL. Yeah, there we go. Four losses already. Come on, Chip Kelly. It sounds like you're about to get fired after the game on Saturday. Reports are out that UCLA most likely will fire Chip Kelly after Saturday. So let's win one for Chip. Let's go, guys. One final time. Let's rally here, Bruins. Let's rally and let's make Muleshoe seven and five going into a meaningless bowl game here. By the way, you want to talk about? <laughs> Gosh, I don't even i I don't even know how to preface this. I'm just going to read you the tweet. This is from Brandon Helwig, who is a UCF beat reporter of nearly 25 years. 
And so he is the guy when it comes to UCF sports. And if you're curious what Dana Holgerson is pissed about this week. Oh, I, I had the audio clip of this. for. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. You've seen this? Actually, do you want to – I mean, you can read if you want. If, no, 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 no. When, when are you playing this? Um, well, you can play it right now if you want. If you just go in my folder and look up Dana Holgerson UCF, it should be there. Okay, we're going to do this then. Yeah. Um, Dana Holgerson UCF is what it's under. Let me see. Yeah, right there, right there. This has to be the same audio clip that you're talking about. I would think so. It, it, it has to be. All right. This is, what, this is what Dana's mad about today. You know, they didn't realize how hard going to Central Florida can be. I mean, we know it because the Cougs have been there, and they've, they've, they've seen it. The Cougs have seen it, and it's going to be a hard one. I don't want to think about it. That's our last game. That's our last <laughs> game. That's going to be a hard one. You know, but they, just, they go in, and, and Central Florida's got those unis. I don't know what the heck they are, but... I don't. I, they're some blue unis. Say the same thing about us, but Houston is is. I mean, that we're we're a little <laughs> different on that. But it's some space city thing. I thought we were space city. I mean, that's yeah. I guess they claim it too because they have the the launch pad. Yeah, but the launch pad is like forty five minutes it's not away. Close. It's no, not close. It's not close. Not you know. They don't they don't say Orlando. We got a problem. <laughs> But anyway, they, they got their unis, and those unis are cool. Ah, ah. Thank you, Dana. Yes. Oh, the, the battle. There, there's your new Big 12 rivalry, man. The Big 12's looking for new, uh, new rivalries. You got BYU and Utah, the Holy War, the Sunflower Showdown, KUK State, Farmageddon still around, K State and Iowa State. Space City. You do some rivalry around Space City with Houston and UCF. I'm sure a lot of people will care about that rivalry in the conference. Dana wants to smoke. Dana may not even be at Houston next year, but he may have just ignited the newest rivalry in the conference. Tell us on the Knippen Wire Chevrolet text line, what or who does Dana Holgerson sound like? That could get interesting real quick. Yes, I agree. That's why I wanted to do it. Uh, Clinton in Tulsa says, Your Mark said in an interview five minutes ago that the Big 12 will be utilizing Rochambeau for all tiebreakers going Yeah, forward. it was probably way too aggressive of us just to say, well, yeah, Gabriel's a shoe-in, Drake Stoops, one of your offensive linemen, Danny Stutzman, Billy Bowman, one of your corners. This is the Big 12 that we're talking about, right? <laughs> this is the Big 12. And it wouldn't be the most surprising thing ever if they made a real effort, if they steal the election... And no OU players make the All-Big 12 list at the end of the year. Would not, it would not be shocking if Keaton Slovis for BYU is named the All-Big 12 quarterback over Dylan Gabriel. Stop the point. count! Just saying. Don't be, don't be shocked if uh, shenanigans happen in the All-Big uh, 12 list. That's, that's all I'm saying, man. I, I think that that is absolutely could be the case. Hey, real quick, ESPN, they have a list out how top 50 players – have fared so far this year as true freshmen. And let's see if we agree with all of the OU players mentioned here. Jackson Arnold was the number three player for ESPN in the 23 class. He is uh, 13 of 15 on the year for 169 and two touchdowns in four games. Arnold was a perfect 11 for 11 for 114 and a score in a 73-0 shutout of Arkansas State. After the West Virginia game, OU said it would try to redshirt Arnold meaning he wouldn't play for the rest of the season. He has seen action in four games, which is the max number of games he can play in before burning his red shirt and preserving his year of eligibility. Dylan Gabriel is entrenched as the starter for OU, but Arnold very well could be the future once Gabriel moves on. So no issue with that, right? 
no, no issue, issue whatsoever. And, and it's important to note that the four-game limit does not include the bowl. So Jackson Arnold could play in the Sooners bowl game, and it would not affect his redshirt status. However, the goal, at least from Brent Venables and Jeff Lebby, where they stand, the goal is to not use Arnold this weekend against BYU and not to use him next weekend against Unless him. it's an emergency situation. Exactly. It, 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 he, because he is he's listed as the backup quarterback. Is That's that's what's going on. He is listed as the, the team's backup quarterback right now. If they need someone in crunch time or a key point in the game, he'll be going in the game. But, I mean, OU should be going to, I would think, like, the Alamo Bowl at the worst at this point, if they went out. I'd be surprised if, I'd be surprised if Gabriel opted out of the bowl game. Would you? Gabriel's not opting out. I, I don't think no so way. either, man. No way. If he were a legit first-round pick, then maybe. But every game he plays is an opportunity to showcase what he has for NFL scouts. And so he he has more to lose. Or I'm sorry, he has more to gain than to lose come bowl season. So I don't expect that he will opt out. Uh, by the way, they also say this on Peyton Bowen. He leads the team with four passes defended. And after blocking two punts and wins against both SMU and Iowa State, he recorded five tackles and forced a pivotal fumble in OU's 34-30 victory over Texas on October 7th. Yeah, Peyton Bowen's been uh, really, really good. And they're uh, noticing nationally. When, when he's healthy, when he's been healthy this year, what he's been able to do. So... Big uh, big days are ahead for Peyton Bowen. By the way, you asked what uh, Dana Holgerson sounds like. Uh, Cody from UConn, this is going to be a tough one to beat, says he sounds like um, sounds like uh, Marge Simpson. Dana sounds like Marge Simpson, <laughs> says Cody from UConn. Accurate and very, very good. Very nice job, Cody. And that's why I threw that chum to the text line. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More OU Cruton, more OU football next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. What are we, 35 days away, I believe, until National Signing Day? We had a very interesting National Signing Day last year. Uh, you had to Celia Kana pick Texas over OU. You had Peyton Bowen not pick OU on Signing Day, but then pick OU the very next day. It was one of the more eventful National Signing Days that we had seen in quite some time. Doesn't feel like that's going to be the case this year. Like, 35 days out, are we headed towards a pretty uneventful, a pretty quiet National Signing Day at this point? Unless Grant Bricks decides I think, that day. I think the best case scenario is it's a quiet National Signing Day. Yeah, that, unless... Uh, unless okay. Williams win Yes, yeah. correct, yeah. But, God, Missouri might go to a New Year's Six Bowl this year! Based on the playoff rankings last night, which hurts me. We need you, Florida. We need you this weekend. And if you can't do it, Arkansas and Sam Pittman and what's probably going to be your last game, you need to pull off an upset win over uh, Top 10 Missouri there in uh, Fayetteville. But yeah, it feels like it's Winery, it's Bricks, or Bust on National Signing Day coming up. And you would hope that Bricks has decided by then. And I, again, I, I could be dead wrong. I feel like he will have decided by that time. From the 405, uh, send us a text right at the top of the show that says, Levy to Mississippi State, can you address this? I totally missed it. So during the break, it says, I guess it's true if it's not being addressed. What? 
Um, okay, Levy to Mississippi State. There's a chance that could happen. I'm, I'm I, get, I mean, like a very small chance. He sure. might get an interview, but is he at the top of their list? I would say, I'd say no. Jamie Chadwell, the Liberty coach, is probably going to be high on that list. Didn't he have a tweet yesterday? It was fake. It was a, it was fake. It was that fake. said Starkville at the at the bottom of it. That's kind of what I was going to ask there. But I'm sure Liberty's head coach will probably be somewhere at the top of that list. It does feel like Mississippi State wants to go with uh, with the head coach that brings some offense, that likes to throw the ball around a little bit. That's what Mississippi State needs to do. So Jeff Levy would fall into that category. I just, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be one of the top three candidates that they're looking at uh, out there in Starkville. Yes, trust me. If Jeff Levy were in the lead to be the next head coach at Mississippi State, we'd be talking about it because it would have major ramifications as far as Oklahoma is concerned. We'd be doing an OC hot board. We'd be talking Jackson Arnold. We'd be trying to figure out which skill position players might be willing to follow Levy. Yeah, no, trust me. If that were an actual thing that were of vast importance right now, we'd be talking about it. Stillwater Sooner says, is Jackson Arnold versus Arch Manning the new Bradford versus McCoy? Well, Colt McCoy was actually starting games early in his career. So, not not yet. No, I mean, Arch has got to start some games. And, and I guess Jackson Arnold, too, but I think he's going to be your starting quarterback next year in the SEC. I don't think so because it's going to take Arch Manning a while to be Texas' starting quarterback is what it feels like. Just move him to wide receiver. Sure, he'll, he'll flourish out there. Put him in for the injured Jonathan Brooks at running back. That's what they could do. Or tight end. He's, what, 6'4", 220? He's the next great University of Texas tight end, Arch Manning. Just crazy. is I mean, the number one overall player at quarterback, dude, those guys end up playing. It's almost like a number one overall selection at quarterback. Those guys end up playing their first year at some point, and he may not play. He may not be the full-time starter until his third year on campus. It's incredible. Wow. A lot of narratives could be confirmed over the next year plus and the guy in front of him is not even that good well exactly and that's what i'm saying like if quinn ewers were to stay and quinn ewers were to hang on to the starting job that in itself is going to confirm a lot of the arch narratives man that's uh i don't think that he's going to transfer out i think arch will be at texas next year but we'll see how much he even here's the thing is with uh as injury prone as quinn ewers has been I mean, there's probably a scenario next year where Arch Manning starts a game, but maybe he ain't ready to start football games. And I think that's kind of what you're saying, is the narrative is now being built that, huh, maybe some were right that Arch Manning didn't deserve to be the number one overall yes, player. Yes, again, you're not talking about Quinn Ewers returning to Texas in 2024 if Arch Manning is ready to start football games. Because if he is ready to start football games, you are not letting a guy like Ewers, who has been mediocre at best, come back and play and start for your program over the highest-rated recruit in the history of Texas football. Sooner Schmitty says, it was dumb to waste Jackson Arnold's four games early in the season during meaningless duty. Why? Tell me why. And it wasn't always meaningless duty. They were trying. Like, that run game, I, I know it's been pretty good the past three games. I'll remind some, the run game was bad early on, man. They couldn't find it. And they needed to find ways to generate yards and short yard situations. Clearly, it didn't work out with the Jackson Arnold QB power package, but it felt like they had to try that early in the year. So, I, I don't know. 
I, I don't look at Jackson Arnold's four game as meaningless duty. Okay, let's say that he had played in three games going into last week. What would last Saturday have been? Yeah, is, that any, is that any less meaningless? It'd be meaningless duty. Yeah. So I, I, I don't have an issue with it. I don't. Scott T says, Parker, I love you, but the overhyping has to stop. Arnold and other skilled players won't follow Levy if he gets a job this offseason. Scott, I never said they would. Again, that wasn't a conversation we were even entertaining because right now, Jeff Levy isn't leaving. Right now, we have no reliable intel that would suggest Jeff Levy is interviewing slash even looking at other opportunities right now. So I'm not overhyping anything. I'm not even hyping anything. Right now, I'm not concerned about the what-if factor regarding Jeff Levy's possible departure from Oklahoma. It's not a conversation for the here and now. D and Choctaw, lots of elite quarterbacks redshirt their freshman year. Y'all serious? Not saying he's going to be elite, but him redshirting this year means nothing. Well, if you're talking about Arch Manning, is and that's what I think that you're talking about here, the, the question really isn't about this year. Sound like the family wanted to redshirt this year. It's just... It's next year. <laughs> it's, it's next year is, is, is the thing. Yes, uh, Jackson Arnold will clearly redshirt this year. Nico at Tennessee will redshirt this year. But a lot of those guys by year two will be the full-time starter and won't be the backup. I mean, that's, that's kind of the point that's, that's being made here. And especially for a guy that was ranked in front of all the quarterbacks that we're talking about last year that were five-star quarterbacks. And we know what Quinn Ewers is at this point. We know how talented he is. We know what Texas's offensive ceiling is with Quinn Ewers at the helm. So, again, if that's the best option you have at your disposal, which is the suggestion and the inference, if you're having Ewers start over Arch Manning next year, then that doesn't speak very highly of Arch Manning. By the way, um, OU just completely done with EPL? They, they even trying anymore? Or are they letting that one uh, sail away? I I mean, they're still trying. I don't think anything is going to come of it. Scott said, you literally just said that five minutes ago. No, Scott, what we said was, if Jeff Lebby were in the lead to be Mississippi State's next head coach, obviously we would be talking about all the potential ramifications, but the point is, he's not, therefore we are not. Yeah. What, what is the next big job that's going to be open? I saw uh, someone theorizing it's like the nightmare scenario. Uh, f- like Florida could go five and seven, dude. In fact, they're a dog at Missouri. Florida's five and five right now. Yep. They're a dog at Missouri, and then they got to play Florida State in their final. They're game. They're not winning either of those games. Darling. Is is Florida like UCLA? It sounds like that's the next big job that's going to be open. But outside that one, is is Florida the next big job that's going to be open? I, I, look, Napier I, six and seven, followed by a five and seven. I am of the opinion that you have to give Billy Napier time, but the thing is, one thing I know about the University of Florida and its fans and its stakeholders is that they're not necessarily of that same opinion. And so, when you look at the lack of success through two years, and you're also mindful of the fact that this week. Florida has lost a blue chip recruit to Texas. Yeah, for they sure. have lost a blue chip recruit to Georgia, and they're on the precipice of losing another blue chip recruit to Ohio State. Yeah, there are problems. There are red flags. There are warning signals. There is a chance. I think of how many SEC jobs could be open this coaching carousel. A and M's open. Mississippi State's open. There's reports that Arkansas is going to be open. Florida could be open. 
Um, man, that's like four jobs in one conference that could be open uh, by the end of this coaching carousel. But, yeah, Billy Napier, back-to-back years most likely with a losing record. Not not great. I know he didn't take over in the Florida job in great shape. I, I know Dan Mullen left it in a tough spot, but it's, it's Florida, man. Can't go back-to-back years with a losing record. Uh, you, you might be out of a job. 405-651-3439. Final segment of Locked In's next. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. They sell Buicks and GMCs, which are some of the best trucks and SUVs on the road. That's Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. Uh, on the text line from the 918, how secure do y'all think Heupel's job at Rocky Top is? Just curious what y'all think. So he got a new contract back in January. He's getting paid $9 million a year. I think they right around they like doubled his salary after that Orange Bowl season, Orange Bowl win season a year ago. So it's been a disappointing year at Tennessee. They can turn that around if they beat Georgia this weekend. I don't think that they will. I would say Heupel's still in a Heupel's still in a pretty good spot here. Heupel's still in a good spot, but needs to get back to winning you know nine games or so next year, probably in his best interest. Well, he can still win nine games this year. What are they? What's their record right now? Are they seven and three. Is that what they are? Yeah. So like, especially, I mean, you win lost to Mizzou, two, Alabama, and uh, who else? I'm trying to think of who else they lost. Yeah, to. I can't recall. But you win two out of your last three, including a bowl game. Yeah, it's fine. Well, they That's yeah fine. they they beat Georgia. Then that totally changes their the perception of the season. There is sure. no question whatsoever about Josh Heupel's job security. He is just fine. Uh, someone else asked us, who do we think will replace Nick Saban in Alabama? Well, that totally depends on when Alabama or when Saban actually leaves Bama. It's a timeline thing. Here, Here's what I would say, though, and this is more of what I think big programs are going to try to do this cycle, the next cycle, or however long he's there. Dan Lanning is going to be the guy that's name is yep. always brought up for the big-time jobs, yep. isn't it? The problem is Oregon's never going to lose him over money. Like, no, they're not. They, no. They've got Man. just as much money as anyone else. The buyout just to, you know, being in that arena is quite a bit as well. So Oregon is in a very, very good spot with its head coach right now, m- money-wise. And I think for many years, folks viewed Dabo Sweeney as kind of the natural successor to Nick Saban when his time came. But it feels like the Dabo window is closing, really? doesn't yeah. it? Uh-huh. Like, if you were to make that higher at a certain point – let, let, let's say two years down the road. Give Saban two more seasons. You hire Dabo Sweeney in 2025, it's not half as sexy as hiring Dabo Sweeney in, no. say, 2017. And not just because of the losses either. No. It's because of his approach to the transfer portal and in NIL, which I don't think you have to go overboard like some schools are, but you got to be active in it. And Dabo Sweeney kind of seemingly not loving his job or the direction of college football these days. Yeah, yeah, he's not he's not the coaching commodity that he used to be. Tennessee lost at Florida earlier in the year. That's who oh, they lost gosh, to. Gosh, that's right. How do you lose that game? That was the uh, that was the weekend we're up in Tulsa for the OUTU game. Is when they lost to Florida. And I think Florida kind of cruised in that game too. Yikes. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Like that was it was a pretty convincing. So uh yeah, again, I think Georgia's gonna win in Neyland on Saturday, but help out Tennessee quite a bit if they can get that win at home. Yeah, that'd be huge. I mean, not only for your program, but 
shaking up the college football playoff race too because at that point the SEC is only getting one team in as yeah. opposed to two. Right now there's a very good chance they get two. Uh, Nate Roberts, Ohio State crystal ball. We led with that today, but you're saying eh, he said we on the postgame show, so yeah, he, don't he, take that too seriously. Unconcerned right now. Unconcerned. Yeah. Uh, because, well, and here's the here's what everybody ought to understand about that kid if they don't already. One of the big inhibitions retroactively that he and his family had about Notre Dame is, oh, it's really far from home. Like 13 hours to South Bend. It's even further to Ohio State. So distance is working in Oklahoma's favor. 731, what are y'all's realistic concerns with this coaching carousel? I don't have a lot. I mean, there's some assistance on the staff that I really like in terms of development and recruiting. I like realistic concerns, and this isn't even a concern because I'm not hearing anything. But I'd like to keep Emmett Jones on staff for as long as as long as possible, and other people will have their assistant coach that they want to make sure that they hold on to more than anyone else. But Emmett Jones is pretty high on the list for me, man. Emmett Jones is very high on the list for the way that he's recruited and the the way the run or the wide receiver position uh, looks this year compared to last year. BNOU's best interest to keep him around for yeah, a while. Yeah, he's more than earned his paycheck in 2023. More than earned it. Yeah. Um, done quite well in the 24 class. Doing quite well in the 2025 class. Yeah, Emmett Jones, that turned out to be a uh, a home run hire. And I, I don't think that that's going to change anytime soon either. All right, the rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.